0: John wanted to go deep. And he's got him! Jamison Williams eating up the yardage again. 81-yard reception. Here's a big hole. Look out, he is gone!
1: Travion Henderson! and hand to Reese Hall. Reese Hall! Payton! Welcome back to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. We're back after a, a week break. Um, couldn't get to it last week. We had a, a one of the members out of the country, and um, it just worked better if we waited a week. So, um, Chris, you want to talk about your, your time out of the country? <laughs> Not really. Okay. You know, it was a great
0: time for a wedding, but, uh, I mean, largely uneventful during the NFL draft. It was very weird trying to follow it and, like, Especially as a Lions fan, I couldn't tell my friends were messing with me so much. I felt like <laughs> that, you know. I eventually just evolved to texting my mom, like just just tell me what the Lions do because I trust nobody at this point.
2: Were you not following it along on Twitter?
0: I couldn't. I was depending on where I was. I was in San Miguel, Mexico. I did not have international. I was going to even think about. A, it. I didn't have international service, internet. So I needed Wi-Fi. Okay.
2: it's so it's so it's so so weird to try and follow the draft through any combination that isn't like the the triangulated roto world plus twitter plus tv because like (laughs) you were obviously at a disadvantage trying to track it i was at a a bar with a buddy and like it was on at the bar and sound was on but i wasn't checking my phone at all because i knew like everything gets tweeted out in advance and like ruins all the surprises but you're not, you don't realize all the shit that's actually going down when you're just watching it on TV. Like they announce the trades like 30 minutes later. Um, all the picks are known like before they actually happen, like on Twitter. So it, it's, it's weird actually, like following so the, the, the old boomer way of actually just watching it on TV.
1: So I was at a buddy's house and we we're watching. He's a Steelers fan and it's coming up. It's probably like mid of the first round. I think where they have like pick 20 or something like that. And he's like, man, I just hope we don't take Kenny Pickett. I can't stand that guy. And I'm like, oh, maybe they won't. You know, maybe they'll get Malik Willis or they'll trade out, whatever, whatever. Well, I'm on Twitter. Like, as we're, we've got it streamed, so it's a little delayed. So, like, I'm on Twitter looking at it, and I'm like, he's like, man, if we take Pickett, I'm I'm gonna fucking put a hole in the wall. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, just calm down, you know. So anyway, I'm on Twitter and I look at it, and it says Steelers select Kenny Pickett. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Oh, so I went to the refrigerator, got out the tequila, and put it right there next to him. And he looked at me. Says, "You're shitting me." I said, "I didn't say a word." <laughs> well, thanks so, for making this. How is, it, how is his but... wall right now? Do what? How is his wall? Um, I think it's okay. I I talked him off the ledge. I think. Yeah. So he's doing all right. But well, they uh, got they got Pickens in in round two though, so. And they got uh Calvin Austin,
2: yeah, so it's all good. So I don't... told
1: him, I said their draft was good. I mean, the picket you don't like the picket pick, but like it could work out,
2: uh huh, yeah,
1: definitely. So, I mean, you got the, the skill players to to compliment it, so I think it's pretty good. So, while we're on the topic of the draft, let's go ahead and stay on it. Um, Fine. we're, we're going to do this later, but you guys kind of went into it, but Andrew. How do you feel about Malik Willis and his landing spot? Let's go ahead and get the fireworks going. It's annoying
2: that – it's annoying to me personally that now all of his supporters are starting to feel a little emboldened or at at minimum have a a means – for, to gravitate towards for his failure in that Tannehill's like refusing to like help him along in any capacity. Oh, so so when he never gets on the field, they'll be able to blame that. as yeah. if, And I guess we'll just forget that every single team passed on him multiple times before then because I mean I don't know. It's not so, I I, should, I I wish in hindsight that I bet more against him uh, across my, my spread of draft props, but. Um, as much as I don't really believe in Kenny Pickett, even though he's from the same hometown as me, uh, i I had I had some action on him going first QB simply because i I just haven't never seen it with Willis. like I, I was your I was your dude who was uh, willing to take Corral one over all over Willis last year, and I was not not at all interested in jumping on the Willis Hype train this draft season. So I mean, it felt great to actually see that. That come the first. I didn't think he was falling in the third round. Like I bought into a lot of the the media generated hype. Um,
1: did you but, think Ritter would go before him? Did that happen? I believe so. I I I, I, M- I, M-
2: I I watched and hung on hung by hung on to every single pick in round one, but I kind of like just faded out after that because I don't know. Like it, it's happening. Like
0: they were close. I don't know. I was boots on the ground in Mexico, so I I can't. <laughs> This, I get, I didn't even know Pickens went to the Steelers. Like, I just know that Pickens had this weird thing going on when he was watching himself get picked. Uh, (laughs) yeah,
2: dude, that was, he was in the towny bar that like we would all go to uh, like Thanksgiving weekend. Like, like they rented that out and closed it. Like, that's awesome. Wild.
1: Okay. So Ritter went 310 and Willis went 322. Yeah. I I don't
0: think anybody could have predicted that, right? Like, is there a worse – of all the spots or teams that needed a quarterback that, like, were kind of quarterback needy, Tennessee wasn't – I mean, I could see why they picked Willis, just a general quarterback. That's got to be one of the worst spots, though, for him to have gone, right? Like, he's guaranteed to sit a year in, like – That's okay. a methodical offense. That's not like –
1: it. Right now it is. When Derrick Henry finally – gets beat up to where he can't run anymore then what do they do right they got to evolve right
0: but yeah. what are what are the best weapons right it's Derek Henry and then Traylon Burks
2: I think I, I it's good for like his for AJ Brown. I think it's good for his career because the alternative he washes out of the league after they see they see him on the field for a few starts but now I mean he at least has some time to accrue some paychecks
1: uh, I it took that long to take him, like, especially like pre draft. Everybody's like, oh man, we might have three quarterbacks in the first round. And then it was dropped yeah. down to like, okay, Willis is the only one that's got a first round grade. And then all of a sudden now Pickett's the only one who went in the first round or even in the second round. Yeah. So now it was all smokescreen. To, it was almost like they wanted like these teams to just trade up like really high and grab them. Like, I think they were hoping Detroit grabbed one at like two and then, or, or um they were obviously the Steelers grabbed one, but I think they were hoping some teams moved up into the first round, panicking, thinking that they wouldn't be there. And then I think as the draft went along, teams were like, you know what? I they kind
0: of all, had some. They're all passing. Maybe
1: we should too.
0: I didn't get to watch it live, but it, it felt like, or maybe it feels like it's got some Bo Callahan vibes from draft day. I watched that on the way to Mexico because, like, I was like, I have to. And, you know, it's like the old, like, wait, what do they know? Like, what do the Lions know that we don't know? Right. You know, what do do these guys know that we don't know?
1: Oh, I have a question. Actually, Chris, this is good for you because you're a Lions fan. So I was talking at work with somebody about this. It's like, do you think the Lions traded up to take Jamison Williams because they wanted him or because they didn't want Green Bay to get him?
0: I think we wanted him. I think the they've been pretty like very they've been very open about like their thoughts and draft process and stuff. They said that last year that when they tried to take Sewell that the they dra- like they put the card in so fast that the you know the NFL draft like got mad at them. And like the same <laughs> yeah. thing this year with Aiden Hutchinson. Right. I think what happened was there was that like crazy string of receivers, and <laughs> they were like, "Oh shoot, like we got to make a move to make this happen." What's very surprising is that they made the trade with the Vikings, right? You don't usually was see ask that. The next question, so I, I think, over. yeah, I think they really wanted a receiver at thirty-two or thirty-four or thirty-six. They I think it was thirty-four. The
1: Vikings to stop Green Bay,
0: <clears throat> never. <laughs> they wanted a guy at thirty-two or thirty-four, yeah. and then they they saw five or six go so fast that they were like, "We got to make a move if we want one." They panicked, yeah. So I don't know if it's
1: panicked is the right word, but they. They, they were, just aggressively went for a guy. They were guy. called to action because if they didn't, they were never going to get one.
0: They basically... I think the way people are looking at it is like they traded this 66th pick for Jamison Williams.
1: Yeah. Like, what they traded Minnesota for that pick was way less than the Saints traded to get to number 10, the pick before. Yeah. Which I thought was quite odd. Like, you would thought the prices would have been similar, but they really weren't.
2: It's crazy how quick so much stuff this stuff needs to happen like
1: yeah like, like I, you're on the clock so you're like oh well if you, we want a second and a third and a fifth and they're like no we're not doing it yeah. right, well, then you can't have it oh, okay we'll do it <laughs> like i wonder i, I would think
2: that- i would think the way that the te- these teams actually have to work is like all of these responsibilities need to be partitioned across lots of different people because there's no way one like one dude can actually be responsible for decisions of this magnitude factoring in all the different variables in this like five minute window (laughs) like it doesn't make any sense yeah that plus a ton of preparation and when you i guess when you don't allocate responsibilities and prepare like that you get like dave gettleman type of outcomes right but like smart organizations i assume actually like think like tons of preparation and just doling out responsibilities to lots of different people because it like i like when you're on the clock in a, a fantasy league it's the same kind of thing right like um and like a in like a, a, a fast draft format it's like you only have a few minutes to figure this out and like i don't know yeah. trying to actually process all that information that quickly and make a decision that is going to be accurate correct and weigh all the all all the information appropriately like and that's not even taking into account the fact that like this is that is like such a, a such a slimmer amount of information to process
1: so, like, have you ever seen, like, the war rooms when they go in on those teams' war rooms? There's yeah. never just, like, two guys in there. It's, like, yeah. 25 people sitting at all these tables with their yeah. laptops and stuff. And I'm thinking, what are all these people's jobs? Because, like, I there's only one guy that makes the decision, right? Like, whether it's the owner, and the, like, the Cowboys, like, Jerry Jones is, like, no, I want this guy. Like, I'm like I Jerry think
0: they're all looking at all the different trade calculators across fantasy football. <laughs> and they're just ready to input. And then they... Triangulate the data. I just
1: wonder what their like their, all their jobs are. Like remember the COVID year when like Bill Belichick was sitting at his right. like, kitchen dog was there. Like that was I mean it's a different year, but like you obviously are in communication with somebody. Like it's not just one guy making like Andrew's saying, like it's there's a collective effort in making that happen. And I'm I'm curious actually how that really goes down. But um I felt like Oh, the Jets! I want to talk about the Jets because that's Andrew's team. I thought they did awesome in the draft. How do you feel, Andrew? Are you excited? Oh, dude,
2: it was it was mad fun in the moment. Uh, I I kind I kind of buy into the idea that like I would have been totally cool with them just picking like three two offensive linemen in the first ten picks. Like the idea that. <laughs> a i don't believe in wilson like i think zach wilson sucks and b like you can never have enough amazing offensive linemen so might as well just like if you can guarantee that let's do it and then figure out the skill positions like running back and receiver later on but i mean it doesn't mean it wasn't fun like it was awesome getting sauce he's he's super cool wilson's a total stud um yeah. and like when we when everyone saw that dude Jermaine Johnson slipping, like me and my buddy were definitely rooting for them to yeah. go, like let's go get him. Like we have all these picks, and they actually did it. So and then getting Brees is incredible too. What, um, what I mean, pick did they get Jermaine Johnson at?
0: They traded 20,
2: I forgot they trade they had two early seconds. that they, they traded like a second early second and a late third for uh the 21st pick and uh, uh they were talking him being pick. like a top ten pick. That's yeah, awesome. that was. A, I think that was a media thing, but he still yeah. like he still was. Uh, it felt it felt like he was slipping.
1: As a and, matter of fact, the day is either the day before or the day of the draft. You know, they do their like ESPN. They do like yeah. uh, like who's the one guy that could be the surprise number one overall pick, and they were saying he was that guy. Like he could be the guy that they reach up for. And he could have the highest ceiling of all of like the edge rushers in the draft. Now, I don't know that much about him personally, but like the fact that he fell, the people think that highly of him and he still, they got him at 26. Like you could argue in that case that they got the number one corner, the number one receiver, the number one running back. And a I would say top three edge rusher, three or four edge yeah. rusher. Like that's gotta be an A plus draft.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was, it felt like a fantasy football draft.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, like, that was what, that was the draft that really stuck out to me. When they, when they got Sauce and Wilson as their two, the top 10 picks, I said, okay, that's, that's about as good as you could have done with those two picks. And then when you got, then Brees Hall got in this early second, I said, oh, yeah, that's a good, good draft. Are you Brees
0: Hall versus Michael Carter,
1: Andrew? How do you feel
0: about that? Like, what's your vibe there?
2: i we we got brisa like the 36th pick i i mean i assume he's gonna he's gonna be the dude in the backfield right i mean it it seems like like why is that necessary right carter showed out as a rookie like a, why wouldn't we kind of give him 200 touches and see what's good like we know he can do things in the passing game and he dude he looked great as a like just running the ball in normal rushing situations as well so why from like a the perspective of using your assets in smart ways. I, I don't think it necessarily makes a ton of sense, but now I assume like, like sooner than later, Hall's going to start. free was at down fairly role.
0: high pick, wasn't he? Like a third round?
2: Carter, no. Like fourth round. Yeah, fourth
0: round. 107. I think so, I mean, they didn't spend too much draft capital, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I no, thought he ridiculous. looked pretty good. You know, like I thought at UNC, he was pretty great.
1: Like Like, how much draft capital matter from draft to draft? Like if you hit on a fourth round pick, is he still a fourth round pick next year when you're drafting? Like you get what the
0: idea is that I think the idea is that like your hit rate is is different based on a round, right? It's kind of like when you're playing pro baseball, right? Like if you're a first round pick, you get you're a signing bonus baby, right? You're a bonus baby, so like you're gonna get every shot in the world. And, like, there is the benefit of that, right? Like, you're not yeah. – if you take Malik Willis' top five, like, you're not – like, the he's first t- time Ryan Tannehill sucks, <laughs> like, you're putting Malik Willis in, right? Like, but right. if you pick him fourth round, it's like, okay, well, like, we can
1: let him – you didn't feel like you invested so much. Right. But my point is, like, you had Michael Carter in the fourth round last year. He showed out. He's he's playing above his, his draft capital. I would say, oh, he's overachieving his draft capital. So now you draft a running back in the second round. Do you think he's better than Michael Carter, or do you just kind of have to you're taking
0: Brice Hall in the second round? I would hope you think he's better than Michael. You probably think that Michael Carter is not is playing yeah, above you're his. That,
2: you're making that decision after watching Michael Carter in camp and on game day every day for a calendar year. That he's playing you're, above you're, his talent.
1: That he's going to exactly. come back down to earth. Maybe yeah, okay. I mean, that's that's kind of the my question.
0: Then. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right. It's, well, it's weird because running back is a position. I think everybody agrees. Like you don't have to spend up, right? Like years ago, right. You were picking guys in the Zeke in the top 10 and stuff like that. Like nowadays you're crazy. If you take like Bijan Robinson is like a superstar stud running back. Like,
1: like, is he going to pick look Naj- the first round? Like, I don't Najee know. If that's Harris, Najee Harris was like, you would have thought five, six years ago would have been a top five pick. And you look at him now, and you're like, oh, he's a first-round pick, but it's not of time just like running backs high in the draft. So it just kind of the way that everything's evolved. And I think Andrew and I have had these talks about like paying a running back. We won't get into all of that, but like you you run this guy into the ground on a rookie contract, like why would you pay him? (laughs) Why would you pay him a whole lot of money when you can just draft a new one that's got fresh tread on the tires? But Anyway, um, we'll we'll stop the draft stuff because I don't think people want. Yeah, we're listen. not. We, want we to a,
2: football. Football? Yes.
1: Yeah, we haven't fully
0: turned NFL podcast so, we're
1: yet. We're gonna give Chris his moment, but I want to say, Brew McCoy to Tennessee. I mean, excited. that's the
0: best. That's the best op. Like the best location he could have gone. Right. You're excited then, right? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like, it's it is a it was a murky situation if you picked him two years ago. I took him in our league, the th- the one that we're all in, at like towards the middle of the end, because I was like, I can just stash him at the end. Who knows what's going to happen? Like, he's a talent. Tell me a better spot for him to go to. That Do you still, have him? Yeah, still have him? Conceivably, yeah, he does. I sat on him. I've sat on worse players, man. Like, <laughs> I, that's not even close to my worst decision in my lifetime. Bridges, yes. There you go. And soon to be Seth McGowan. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> But tell me a better spot he could have gone to.
2: No, dude. He it's, it's it's nice. plays a game, getting the ball aired out, and really only one receiver that's actually shown that he's going to do anything with, with, with opportunities, right? So,
0: yeah, that's right. Mean, and I was actually shocked. Okay, so tell me, Cedric Tillman and Veles uh, Jones, I don't know if I'm saying that right, how many catches do you think they had difference? Like, wh- what do you think their catches were last year, total
2: was. I think total. I think each of them. Each of them. I think Tillman had 49.
1: It was low. I think it was in the 40s. Yeah.
2: And I'll give Velas 56. Okay. So Velas, not bad.
0: So it's 64 and 62, Tillman to Velas. But Tillman was like the long guy, right? Yeah. He had some huge plays and he also had the touchdowns. But like, I'm shocked by how close and similar that is. Like, they were clear one and two, and I don't have – like, find me a made-up guy that takes It took a minute
2: for Tillman – sorry, you know what,
0: you continue. Yeah, real quick. Find me a a random made-up guy to replace, like, to get in the way of Drew McCoy. You can't. Like, I have, like, some Jimmy Calloway. I don't even know who that is. I drafted him a couple years ago. He's still on my (laughs) roster, but I don't think he does anything. Like, they're going to run a ton of plays. And mm-hmm. he's shown to have some talent. He was good enough to go to USC and to get on the field. Um, and you have to remember, too, right? Like, Joe Milton wasted, like, seven quarters of our lives by being a quarterback. <laughs> so, like, it'll be really interesting to see and Hooker. Because those were, like, games that were non-conference, awful teams that he was, mm-hmm. Milton was starting at. So... If you're telling me sixty catches, 900, 800, 900 yards, and seven, eight touchdowns on a brew McCoy, that's you're looking at almost two hundred fantasy points. You know, you're looking at what is that, like 16, 17 fantasy points a game, easy. Like that's pretty that's pretty great.
1: Now, how many drafts from this point forward are you gonna have hooker and brew McCoy in?
0: Well, I don't know if I have Hooker in any of these best balls I've taken. I just have always had like the mid pick. I might have him one out of four or five. But I mean, that's one heck of a stack. I wonder where Brew McCoy starts going, is the question. Do you think
2: he he, I, I think you can name your your round in the next for the next few drafts at least?
0: Tillman is a second rounder. That doesn't hurt Tillman at all. End of first, early second. I could see Brew McCoy going. Would you take him or like hip and hammer? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dude, you are tr- you're trying to jam brew into the top ten rounds after being off the ground. Yeah, why not? I no, I think you can name your round. Uh I don't mm-hmm. think he goes before round twenty.
1: Really? Dude,
2: you're, you're,
1: your 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 vision is feels clouded by this. I mean I could even see that and I don't even follow them that closely. I don't think I would. Reach See, there. I was thinking seven, eight rounds. I mean, right.
2: What is
0: the difference between him and like Mario Williams? Mario Williams. was actually going to. Is like was an eight, gonna, like an gonna, eight, eight to ten heart. rounder. Like, like what has Mario one Williams one. done
2: that that <laughs> well, that Mario McCoy can't do? Mario stepped field, stepped uh, foot on the field last year. Uh, I mean,
0: and might theoretically speaking,
1: like, who's to say Bruce McCoy pl- actually plays this year? Hasn't really done anything mm. anywhere else
0: you got to remember, right, okay, first of all, he has stepped on the field before. He's also a college kid. Like, you have to, like, block out the pass. If we were talking that, then we would think that Zach Evans is never going to play for Ole Miss, right? Like, are we getting to that point where it's like, well, Zach Evans skipped six weeks last year because he didn't want to play or something, right, or was banged up? Like, are we just going to carry that on for every other player too?
2: No, but Brew didn't play last year at all, right? Yeah,
1: did he? Hasn't he transferred like four times? No, he transferred officially transferred like twice, twice. But he didn't. his recruitment didn't he go from like Texas? Well, he was getting to going to, out Texas, to and back on of
0: USC, Texas, and then was USC, and was back, back to USC. It was. I think it was USC to Texas to USC. Like it was back and forth. It was like a but it was. You just needed but some the, direction. The Evans comp
2: is fair, just in the sense that it gives us a point of comparison. Uh, it's not a fair comparison because. E- <laughs> Evans has been amazing when he's been on the field. You can't really say the same for Brew. Like, he, yeah, he had, a, like, he cracked the USC starting rotation. He was the number four receiver and he had, he caught some, a few who, passes in some games. Who
0: were the USC receivers that year?
2: <laughs> <laughs> they were very good, right? It very was uh, Vaughn's.
0: Shame on him for mama. not beating out Michael Pittman and Amon Ross St. Brown and. Like, fine fine that's you know what I'm saying? It was like I, you're not wrong by the way like yeah, yeah, yeah. there there's a, I mean he sat out a year like that is a legitimate concern but like I don't think it's a full I don't think you can fully say well he didn't do much in his time at USC well like he didn't beat out two like great NFL receivers like three well Tyler Vaughn's is I'm, as much as I love That's Tyler Vons, he's
2: like your original boy I know yeah.
0: but I'm I just can't do that. Drake London was on that USC team. Yeah, Velus Jones was on that USC team.
1: How much do you think Velus Jones had an impact on his transfer? Any? Mm, I didn't realize maybe. that Velus was from
2: real USC. I thought it was South Carolina. It was. He's from real USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's a Velus Jones
0: is like 34. Like he's played a lot with a lot of great USC receivers.
2: Yeah. Maybe there's a little, there, a little bit of something there.
1: I'm wondering that, too. Like As I've looked at it, I'm like, you know what? There has to be something to Yeah. That. By the way, it wasn't Pittman that he couldn't beat
0: out. It was Drake London. Drake London. I apologize. Yeah. Who, I so don't, it was, like, it who was he's going London the draft this year? I don't Vons. remember. Yeah, it was London, Amin, Ron, Vaughns. Yeah, that was the 2020 year. Yeah. They had 33, 41, and 33 catches, and Brew had 21. And then, although I will never forget, one of brew mccoy's touchdowns which was that like that pass that was supposed <laughs> to go to probably Vaughn's or Amin Ra, and it like tits and then like there's brew mccoy in the corner like,
1: <laughs> chris has that framed in the room you yeah. just can't see it it's up on his wall over there no. so i've
2: so. been meaning to ask you when are you going to start decking out that room with like some swag
0: i need to i have stuff i have some good detroit tigers stuff but yeah i just I haven't i'm lazy i haven't gotten to it unfortunately
1: That's probably where he keeps the
0: horse. The horse I keep 15 minutes away. Just messing with you. Thank you
1: very much (laughs) (laughs) for another pod. All right. We got the Brew McCoy stuff out the way. Now, the other thing we want to talk about was the whole NIL situation. I know everybody's been talking about it. Um, Obviously, the big story right now is the Jordan Addison to the portal. Everybody says he's going to USC that he's rumored to have been offered like $3 million. At first it was a million. Now it's 3 million and a house, like whatever. Um, Do you guys, one, do you see a problem with this moving forward? Or do you think that "Ah, this just is what it is? We'll just have to deal with it kind of thing. Or do you, or let me rephrase it. Do you think, that something will be changed in terms of like legislation or whatever to like regulate it in some way.
2: My o- overarching thoughts on NIL. So I'm stealing this from, do you follow uh, gambling Twitter dude, Joey Kanish?
1: Uh, I think I do. A little bit, a little yeah. bit.
2: So his, he put out a tweet that I feel like encompasses the mindset that I, I try to apply this mindset to like other parts of life too, like professional and uh, it makes sense here as well. He said something along the lines of like, what was it? I should have pulled the tweet up before the show, but it was something along the lines of like, okay, um, basically NIL is going on. It's going to affect like X, Y, and Z. But the bottom line is like, I'm still going to watch college football on the show. And it, cause it's an amazing product and it's going it's to be awesome. And I, I feel like that resonates with me. Just the sense that like, I can't, as, a, as a as a control freak I can't control any of this and it right. like as it's it's probably it, like it's getting a lot of people upset it's creating a lot of controversy and it's stirring hmm. up lots of emotions um but like as a Georgia Bulldog fan I like yeah I understand from that perspective like why like it's easier when you're like rooting for your team to have a vested interest and an emotional interest and stuff like this but from a fantasy perspective yeah I mean it's gonna suck when uh inevitably like i've been pretty lucky with the portal so far just in terms of like landing spots uh guys transferring out guys transferring and not really affecting too much of my early best ball stuff but and it's gonna suck when i when i am invariably, invariably like something terrible happens just uh with respect to like i burn early draft capital on a guy who transfers to be part of a four-person running back committee or something like that it's gonna happen but outside of that i mean i i feel like i've it's the the way that I'm going to try to approach It's just largely detaching myself emotionally from it because I can't control it. Knowing that like we're still going to have college football in the fall. It's still going to be amazing. And like, it like I don't think that while this will affect a lot of the dynamics that um, contribute to college football at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to have too much of an impact on what happens on Saturdays, which is like what matters to me the most.
0: I don't think I don't have any issue with it. Ultimately, like it is what it is, they weren't paid for, players weren't paid forever. I think, uh, it's not good for teams like Georgia, Alabama, that like don't need help, right? Like, Georgia doesn't need NIL, you know, NIL to help, right? Like, they're great without it. So, Georgia fans are probably intimidated, are probably going to push back on it. Same with Bama, like. Those teams, right? But like you get the USCs, the Texas that, you know, underachieve and have the money to blow, right? I think you'll probably see like a separation, right? Like those those types, the AMs, the Texas, the USC, like start to get a little bit more of an advantage because they can blow money on stuff like that. But none of it makes any sense, right? Like this Jordan Addison stuff is just wild. Yeah. Like they're bringing in Aaron Donald, they're bringing in Larry Fitzgerald. It's like, to convince him to stay it's like w- would you convince your wife to stay when she's like yeah I want to leave for this guy it's like <laughs> no like if you're convincing some other guy like, like trying to hit up on some other guy like you go for it you know like yeah that's so weird to me but I don't have any issue with it ultimately you know like I'm a Michigan fan they're awful at it because they're Michigan Virginia Tech you know like no one's paying money in Blacksburg for no car de- car dealerships doing anything there but I think ultimately, though, Andrew, you're kind of concerned potentially down the road of like a a bad situation happening. But like, has there been a bad transfer portal transfer? Like yeah, usually, there's been some bad. Usually, there's the studs move to like sure. good positions, right? Like, what's what is one that you can think of? I mean, Hula Dylan
2: McDuffie was going top six rounds, the Buffalo running back. And Did he go because of nil though? I just um. It's a good point. I, mm. I didn't realize that you were asking from that perspective. More,
0: more from that perspective. I mean, obviously, transfer portal is
2: Marquise Irving, right? I think I don't know if he came out and said it directly, but the idea, like what the was heard, was that he was looking for like a, an NIL deal, and now he's RB four at or- Oregon or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but he was he wasn't going too early on in our best balls. I feel like people were taking him in like early twenties.
0: I would you know, say we talked about this before beforehand, Zach, and maybe this is yeah. where you can jump in and. and and finish it but like the fact that NIL stuff happened the same like really heated up the same year as like the one time transfer rule came into place somebody said it on Twitter maybe it was Nate or any other of like the really good follows that I value reading like they brought it up and I was like holy smokes you're right because like is Jordan Addison transferring anywhere if he has to sit out a year like no he's not like there's no amount of money that's going to get him to go to USC to sit for a year so that I feel like uh, is very I, I don't know that I agree with that. You don't there, think Jordan Anderson you think there's he an amount of to money. USC for three million dollars. There's no amount
1: you. of money. Okay, well <laughs> no, I'm I'm just thinking he won the bulletin Realistic, realistic hold on, amount of money. Hold on. People have already seen what he can do. Now, for him to go to USC to not mm-hmm. play and then go to the pros, like USC be or the people at USC be stupid to pay him mm-hmm. that if he's just gonna bolt and never play a down for you. But uh, I think we're like, we talked about it beforehand. Like I do think it's a great point because if there was the hindrance of, I got to sit out a year, who's going to pay kind of money to be a spokesman for whatever brand or whatever, if you're not on the field. So that is a good point. I think it is. Do you
2: think that NIL well, it's, it's funny just phrasing it as NIL because, like, it, that is just – those are three letters that cover, like, the, the reality is in no way equating to the original d- definition of those letters, right? It's, which, it's funny. It's just, like, this umbrella under which so many different things, like pay for play, uh, et cetera, et cetera, all fall under now. Like, we just throw this term around like it actually has a, this, this definitive meaning and it doesn't. But anyway, um, do you think the advent that. and the progression of NIL has effectively – Eliminated what was tr- potentially becoming a trend of star players opting out of either mid season or before their final season. But so here, you're. Has, like, has,
1: it, has it stopped it, or is that what you're asking? Or
2: yeah, I don't like that. Do you feel rewind to 2020, right? a lot of that opting out stuff was tied directly to COVID, but I think right. some of it also was not, right? Players opting out, like, what's his name? Kenny Gainwell opted out, right? the draft. Opted off. out. So, yeah. Would you, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if bute opts out before this year, if that trend progressed. Um, but I feel like that will not happen now because the top players, they're going to want to get paid to play college football, right? So because, opt- yeah. You're so right. I think that that is a good thing, um, right? since the sense Especially with respect to fantasy, because like I don't know about you, it's been in the back of my mind with like with respect to upperclassmen, like rising juniors. Like, why are these guys why would they play their junior year? Like, why would Boutte play his junior year? Now he has really good reason to play his junior year, right? Because he can get paid to do it. Um, so I don't know. As someone, like, I have, I have it's not like a, a, a truly defined strategy, but like, I if I'm weighing two players and one of them's a rising junior and one of them's a rising sophomore. And a lot of things are equal. I'm more likely to gravitate toward the sophomore just because I feel like that dude has more to prove. He's probably to force his way back onto the field through an injury. Like the, the rising junior is probably not going to right. He's, he's like, he's going to get healthy for the league. And if he's already proven that he's good, like, so um, I don't know, maybe NIL changes that equation a little bit though.
1: Yeah. I, I brought up something before you got on here, Andrew. Um, you know, they talked about the big like super conference and like remember how it was like the 16 or 20 team super conference. Like does that resurface because you're only you're going to have a handful of teams that are continually participating in this mega money NIL deals. right You're not going to see you're not going to see a lot of Wyoming's and you're not going to see a lot of even like Memphis or something like putting out those kind of deals when a kid can go basically said, OK, Memphis, you offered me a million um Tennessee is gonna give me two. You see or I'm going with it? Like, does it I, yeah. segregate the 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 haves and the have nots even more than it already is?
2: I think that you have to view what we're seeing right now through well, I'm gonna sound like I know what I'm talking about here, but I really don't. I'm just kind of projecting what I feel like I've learned from hearing other people talk about it to something like this. But I feel like what we're seeing right now is the establishment of a market akin to like uh, NFT market and uh, right where right now it's kind of the wild west. Everyone's just grabbing and buying everything. We don't No one has a great feel for the actual value of these of these assets. Right. How much a player player is worth who contributes X or uh, or Y, etc. That those things will resolve themselves as more data becomes available as time moves on. And I think what we'll see is similar to like the NFT market. Right. which I do not participate in because I don't believe in any, like that. I don't, I don't want to do that stuff. I don't. I just don't feel confident in uh, my ability to assess it or whatever. But um, with that, the uh, my understanding is a lot of like the, the best NFTs still hold value, but outside of that top three, 4%, a lot of the trash is now really declined in value, right? So... And um, I think we'll see probably similar progression with respect to an market, like the top players will con- continue to command a large, large sums of sums of money. But I think whereas right now, a lot of the schools are willing to pay for a lot of the more medium outcome, medium range players, I bet that we see less of that as time progresses and that... Um, all of the all of the endorsements, all of the NIL contracts, kind of just surface and reside with uh, the upper echelon talent.
1: That's fair, Chris. Do you have something to add to that?
0: Um, I think it's really interesting to watch, like college basketball, in terms of NIL, because I think like with basketball, there's it's, the draft is so different. Obviously, there's two rounds, not seven, and all that you know, size and all that stuff. So I think NIL is really cool for basketball because you're going to get – like Hunter Dickinson from Michigan never comes back to Michigan without NIL, right? Like he can make money, and he's genuinely not a top 15 pick, like not even close. So instead of him going just because he wants to start making money, he's going to come back. I think that's awesome. Like and as a college sports fan, like I love every bit of that. The problem is with NFL, you know, you already are waiting three years. So I don't know where the benefit is to college football fans – that there's an nil where you there's no getting guys back because of it right like football is so taxing physically that there and there's so many roster spots you don't that don't think like, there is value that no, was getting there
2: i disagree dude did you see they post it every year i forget who it is who posts it but someone posts like the all undrafted and unsigned team those like <laughs> Why would those guys? It was the, the same guys, as
0: every other year this year, though, wasn't it? Like, what's yeah, the difference but year still, over like, year? This is
2: still a, a learning process, I think. In ter- like, so, I mean, it, I'm I, I I'm gonna have to be hypocritical, right? In some to some extent, and or at minimum, up, update my opinion, be Bayesian, if you will. Um, like why Like, s- schools can use that, can weaponize that to go to the players and say, hey, if you're not getting a first, second round grade from, uh in terms of how you project to, get to go, like, talk to our NIL collective. They're willing to yeah. put 250 grand in front of you.
0: So w- there was what, like 80 or 90 guys on that list? And there always is, right? Like, all of those guys, there, w- there's a bunch of defensive players, a bunch of linemen. Like, how many of those guys are actual guys that can command more than a practice squad salary of, what, 80, 90K? And a yeah. shot at more would be yeah. my thought.
1: Well, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, like, you talk about, like, the undrafted guys. If, like, you can't do this now, but, like, why is it that you can't go back to school? Like, why is that a thing? I mean, like, it's you, a
0: stupid rule for sure, but, like. Draft.
1: I mean, but football and basketball, I would kind of go back to your point of the basketball. They're different because basketball, you just have to be, at what, a year removed uh, from high school you don't even have to go to college. You could just be a year removed. You could literally mm-hmm. sit on your ass for uh, a year. I've already you could it. You, could be, it, a you could be
0: a co-host on Burning the Red Shirt for a year, and you'd qualify to get drafted. Exactly.
1: So, yeah. You're eligible. Sure. Like In football, you have to be, what, three years removed? So that's a lot of, like Andrew said, it's very taxing. Or maybe you said it, Chris. Like you're, It's very taxing on your body, just three years of hits and – practices and just mileage that you're putting on your on your body to then go play like in the pros which every kid will do if if that's dangled in front of him he's going to take it um I say every kid most kids are going to take that um but if they have the opportunity to say look I want to go test the draft if I don't get drafted I would like to come back to school I don't see why that's a problem well,
0: in college basketball, you, if you, you declare and if you sign an agent, you can't right. come back. If right. you don't sign an agent, you have to declare it coming back by a certain date. It's not the exact same, but there are similarities. Like at the right. NFL, you have up until X day essentially to say that you're going. Like there's not that much of a difference.
1: Like, yeah. You're still signing you're just, an agent or not. Like, yeah. I guess they just, they, the, the practice squad salaries there's more practice squad spots available than d league or g league spots on for the nba
0: we could also go i mean it's not a ton of money but you go overseas right like you can make a half a million to a million a year playing overseas like there are career guys like that but that's true yeah i don't know NAL is very interesting because it it feels like we went from like we just want to give love and money to the players that deserve it and then all of a sudden it becomes there's zero rules and obligations there's no way to prove it we're just going to be it's just basically like this way to say you guys can do whatever you want just like please whatever you do don't like get on tv and call Saban. <laughs> like just don't we make talk- it so blatantly obvious okay
1: we talk about it before we came on here like like how do you like tampering everybody says oh he's tampering how yeah of course it's tampering but how do you prove it like you can't prove it unless you have phone calls texts or you met coach saban in a parking lot and he gave you some money and somebody filled it right like that's the only way you're gonna prove Do
2: do you think the bigger problem is is uh proof or is it so so just equated to the way that government works right there's the body that makes the laws, and then there's the body that enforces the laws. And there is nobody enforcing the laws right now. The law, I, even though it's not like it's not robust, <laughs> it exists, it's there, but no one is enforcing it. So I
0: I think the problem is that you have people like Texas and USC that will do anything and everything, and they know nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. And you have schools like maybe Utah and New Mexico that would love to do it. But maybe they're just like shy about it. They don't want to get hurt. And they don't want to get suspensions and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? It's like the cautious guy that's not so aggressive. That's not going to break the rules. Even though he could break rules and nothing would happen. I, that's the issue. I think people want the ability to say everyone's on the same playing field. And we're you know, never going to get that.
1: I kind of brought this up. I think it was probably a year ago. We had We probably did some probably one of our first Burning the Red Shirt, like unofficial podcasts. Um, I think when, we, when the whole NIL thing kind of happened, when the when the judgment was made and that was how it was going to be, we had our thoughts and everything. And I thought about the players, how the players in the locker room would, would react to it. Like if you're Jordan Addison, you're making $3 million to come play at USC, and you're a receiver that's currently there. Well, wait a minute. How come I'm not getting this kind of money? Maybe I should leave. And like, does it just like have this like huge domino effect in terms of like these players? Like, you know what? I'm worth more than him. I should be making more than him. So I'm going to go somewhere that's going to pay me more. I know that's it that might be thinking a little too far out in front of it. But if you if you were a top of the uh, cream of the cop like wide receiver and you were at a big school. And you're already there. You're submitted as a starter, and they go and recruit this guy and pay him all this money to come there, but you're not making that kind of money. You're going to feel some kind of way about it, right? I I wouldn't blame them. But they I can no, I would either. That's why. That's right? I'm wondering like the long term effects of this, like within a within just individual locker rooms, because there's guys on that team that aren't making anything. <laughs>
0: Right? You're not wrong, right? Like, there's no way to 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 beat that, right? Like, when in college baseball, and I think it's eventually going to change, but like, you have essentially almost 13 scholarships for 30 guys. Oh, guys a, have I'm guys have three quarters of a scholarship. Guys have no scholarship. Like, you look at that player, like, okay, well, he stinks. Like, you sign him out of high school and he is awful. And I'm playing really well. Like, what the heck? There's just no way around it. Yes. But they have so, the, the flexibility to leave, right? Like, here's these a guys no- can leave if they want to. USC receivers are known to transfer. I mean, every single oh, yeah. one of them almost right. is not a guy that signed with USC, right? So, like,
1: why not? So, I had another thought on, like, the other day it popped in my mind. When you said scholarships, I thought about this. What now, like, these schools could circumvent scholarship. Right. Like they say, look, we're going to pay this kid three million dollars under the table. He can pay his own way. Yeah. And now they can stash players that aren't on scholarship, but are really scholarship players. It's a great idea. I mean, right. Like if you're in Alabama, say, like, well, if we can pay this kid to stay here and like we'll pay his school, he's basically on scholarship, but not really.
0: Just give them an, an IL deal. I think that's it's what, all the same, like, right? It's all, it, what's the difference?
1: It's going to be completely tampered with. I said tampered, that's the word going around, but like it's going to be completely um, manipulated. That's probably the better word.
0: There's 90, what is there, 85 guys on scholarship. Like, I don't know if people are worried about that eighty sixth guy and how he gets a scholarship because Jordan Addison got a scholar,
1: like got an, I It's my only thought. Talk about like the, the, the coaches and the, like, you know what? We really want to recruit this kid. And he says, he's not coming unless he's getting, getting a scholarship. Hmm. Let's go ahead and pay the starting quarterback a little bit more money. Basically pay his way of school, take him off scholarship. You see what I'm saying? Like you could manipulate that in so many different ways.
0: I see what you're saying, but we're still talking about 85 guys and like, or if you want availability of scholarships or a, the ability to get a guy for money in NIL <laughs> days, I feel like you can do it, whatever way <laughs> you can figure out a way to do
1: it. Yeah, I, I guess it doesn't really matter. If you have, you're at the scholarship limit, you just pay the new kid just to come in and we'll pay your school. Don't worry about
0: it. It's, I don't know what we'll see in the next couple of years, but I'm here for it. It's going to get yeah. wild and crazy. And like you said, some the teams wild. are going get left behind, but we'll see yeah. what happens.
1: Yeah. Um, it, how do you feel about Chris saying that um, Georgia just will have a problem with the NIL stuff?
2: I think it's funny and interesting how not what's the right word. Georgia is not like, they're not making all the noise that some of those schools are doing. I think we're like, we as a, a collective, the, the Georgia fans, the Georgia school us, um, I, we don't we don't need to do anything. Like we're celebrating our ship, bro. Like it's all good for at least another another year or whatever, right? Like,
1: how I, much, Go ahead, go ahead. Please. I
2: I just think I think you never hear, or at least maybe maybe my ears just not close enough to the ground. But I feel like you never really hear anything about collectives or whatever with George and Bama. Like I, I wonder how much of their recruiting. Is tied to NIL directly versus just the gravitas associated with Saban and at the right. like Kirby starting to gain a little bit of that too. It's
0: it's pure wins. It's because Georgia draft like has 15 draft picks without yeah. NIL. Like Did what you
1: do you say that about the offensive uh, line at Alabama? They said like if you go to Alabama, you have like an 80 percent chance of being drafted and like a 62 percent chance of being drafted in the first round. That's no. but,
0: but like there's, sure. you can always make money on NIL, but like there is value in the skills you can learn from specific coaches. Right. Like, and I think that's what people will probably keep doing with Georgia and Bama and maybe some of those other type elite tier teams, Ohio state. Right. Like it's like, sure. I can make a million dollars now, or I could be a top 10 pick if I just wait three years, like and make, even more money and set myself up for crazy that's money. That's also,
1: that's a very adult mindset of you, Chris. And
0: well, these are college like kids
1: it. that you're talking about.
0: Well, very clearly, right? But, I mean, five-star kids keep going to Georgia anyways. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. Like, they go to Georgia without the NIL. So, like, I'd like to think that at least like, that's where their head's at. But I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, Georgia, the Georgia goal-
1: and damage <laughs> should be What's that? Right. The goal used to be get to the league. That was that was the goal because that's where you were going to get paid. Now the goal is to just get paid. In any way you can, because now it's the wild, wild <laughs> web. We can well, it almost
0: that. it almost feels like you should go to whatever school you want for the first year to show up and show out and then right. market yourself to that team that's willing to pay. That's a good like, point. do you get paid the same to go to USC as a freshman, or if you go as a sophomore?
1: Right. So if you were to go to let's say San Diego state. That's just the school out there. And he goes to San Diego state and he's a stud freshman and leads the conference in rushing. Now USC wants him and now they're going to pay him to come there. Whereas maybe they weren't before.
0: I mean, the Jackson state guy is just, yeah. is playing chess over there. Cause he made, <laughs> he's making crazy money to go to Jackson state. There's almost no way he performs poorly due to, due to, due to conference talent and stuff like that. Right. So he's going to play well. He's still going to rate athletically like a monster, and then he's going to go wherever he wants and make just as much money. He's doubling up. He's double dipping. Yeah. So can great- I ask? I'm very curious. Georgia <laughs> loses 15 guys to the draft. They have Stetson bedded at quarterback. How many wins? Like, what would the what's the win total have to be this year for you not to be disappointed, Andrew? Ten
2: dude i i, I, I don't them, right? care about this year like we're we're, <laughs> dude, we're partying it's all good i mean i'll root for them but like I, i'm with I'm zero with, disappointment I'm with stetson. i'm with stetson like you you're the or I, I don't know if jared just grabbed it from one of his sketchy mess, message boards or what but the <laughs> stuff about like and like showing up drunk to class and like fucking around at practice and still celebrating the wins that's how it's supposed to be like no, no, no one can touch us. No one can say anything about us. We could lose to Vandy by 100 points. I wouldn't. I wouldn't care.
0: That's fair. That's yeah. fair. With that being said, how many wins do you actually like? How do you think they do? Like realistic? How do you think they do this year?
2: Open against uh, Dan Lanning in Oregon. Uh, right. You mean and, Bo Nix in Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll wax them. No problem. <laughs> um, I, oh, we play. Uh, we play Kent State this year. So that'll See be that. fun. Looking Look at the
0: boys, Lee.
2: My boys, Um, And then, uh, of course, Cross against Auburn and then some other random SEC school. I mean, if we won less than 10, I think it would be surprising. I think it would be surprising if we don't make the SEC championship, uh, right? I feel like that, that's kind of the floor, 10 wins in the SEC championship game. Part of me thinks – and maybe this
0: is just because I have, I don't, I mean, obviously they have crazy recruits, but like, I feel like there's a real shot that they lose, that they could win less than 10 games, but maybe the schedule is super soft.
1: I don't know. I Watch mean, the right? Ball. Like, the, I got I, it on the screen. Do you see it?
0: I know. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, generally speaking, when you lose 15 guys and your offense is led by Stetson Bennett, you don't have like some superstar name out wide, you don't have a crazy running back. Like, I think it's if the schedule was competent, it could be nine wins, right? Like Florida could be difficult, Tennessee could be difficult. Dude, people are like people are already talking one. themselves you in the know. Florida
2: not being a wreck just because Napier's coming in with his like with his uh Saban like system. Like their favorite week one against Utah, which I think is outrageous. Uh like
1: I it's in the swamp though, right? What's up? It's in the swamp though, right? It might be, yeah. Uh, I think it is. By the way, this is completely off topic though. Like is that Vanderbilt logo new? It's new. Yeah, it's new. They rebranded. Nice.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. When you win four games, you got to make sure you're there's, there's not three losses there. That's what I'm there's saying. Not, I think I think the only possible loss, I think there's four possible losses. Even if you Oregon, say Georgia, Georgia lost, Tech, yeah. I'm sorry, Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Florida. South Carolina's a stretch, Oregon's a stretch, Tennessee's kind of a stretch, Florida's yeah, stretch. but like they're all stretches. They're not like there's not one of these games that will they're, they're going to be an underdog. Unless if, you they the, early. The,
2: if you do the CFB winning edge, the Nick thing where you assign percent, not not percentage, um, win values from zero to one based on the likelihood that a player, the team wins every game and aggregate the totals all up, like you're arriving at more than 10. Because you're giving them like 0.8 wins or at least 0.75 wins in every single game. And it's probably about 0.98, 0.99 wins in most of these games. I mean, that's what happens
0: when you play the SEC East, right? Like if you're Georgia (laughs) – and and that's not even like – I love jabbing Georgia fans. But like that's the way it is. Like the SEC West has been 100 times better for the last 15
1: years, right? So like – Speaking of jabs, do you think Auburn – has a chance against? Uh, Not a shot. Auburn's going to win five games.
2: Yeah, Harson's gone
0: after this year. Yeah, he's gone after this year. They, I think Auburn athletics just said, you know what, we we're we're going to lose five games no matter who our coach is. Let's just save money and we still got Rivers basketball. The the year. They still right. basketball, so
1: so I just I think we should do every pod. We should pick a team that we do like a win total on. Like we pull up a schedule like this and we just talk about where Their losses are going to come from, if any. Yeah, I think right here we're looking at it <laughs> 11.
0: I mean, there's 12 games, I would feel very confident with 11. A very what is the
1: Vegas 11. number?
2: I, I it's probably Nick 11. Was, Nick was saying, I think 10 and a half. No, I think it's like 11, 11 and a half. Yeah, it's like 11 with a crazy
0: like m- minus 240 yeah, probably yeah, yeah. or something, and then like yeah. 11 and a half would be, like, minus 120 or something, maybe. Like the, no, only, the only game half,
1: I would be nervous 11 about and half, Oregon. Would juice the opposite way. Like, I look at Oregon, and I say, you know what? We don't know what Oregon really is today. Like, I don't think they I can them. tell you what
0: Oregon is, not a team that's beating Georgia. <laughs> but it's I don't care one, who's quarterback. It's, I mean, what I'm have we seen saying, from any of it?
1: Week one, you never know. Now They're
0: a new coach, too, right? Like, what did They, they have the Georgia had? D.C. Yeah, what have we seen that's gonna? There's none of that makes me think. I'm none not, of what I've probably, ever seen about any of those guys that Oregon wins. I'm just saying it's pull up Auburn real quick. Let's knock it out with those two to start the our career. Oh, there's a loss at Mercer. Mercer. You know those the Bears are tough, bro. <laughs> are San they? Jose out State?
1: No, they're not good. San Jose State's coming to town. Oh boy. Oh, boy. Chris, you have to be there for that. Boots on the ground for that one. You have to be there. My boots will be on the ground for many games, but it won't <laughs> be that one.
2: <laughs> Penn State.
0: Penn State's a possible, very likely loss.
2: What
1: a I mean
0: schedule! they M- Missouri could beat them. LSU could beat them. Georgia's going to beat them.
1: Oh, look at, at that game L- right before the Iron Bowl! Holy smokes! <laughs> they get yeah. Western. Kentucky, they always right? do.
0: They always do that though. They no, but that's, that. that's not a cupcake, though. Oh n- well, do not. Come almost, on now, it's down one year. Give me the five wins they get, Andrew.
2: Point out the five. They're not beating the the Shevins, right? They're they're going down to Cordero. I I think Missouri. Like I'm not on the Missouri bus. Yeah. So
0: you it, got Mercer, Missouri. Yeah. Oh, it gets tough after that, It bro. gets real tough. <laughs> I mean, Western Kentucky, let's say. That's three. Mississippi
2: State, maybe.
1: At Mississippi State. Ugh.
2: FanDuel just put up win totals like either today or like I can, the last day or so. I can see wind them beating
1: Arkansas. If it's higher than six, I'm taking the under. It's probably, probably six. I'm, and pull, a half. I'm pulling it up right now. If it's six and a half, I think we all go hammer. Them. I think it's
2: five and a half. That's my bet.
1: Yeah, I don't see. I mean, they're not going to be favored against Penn State. Well, they're going to be at home. I'm, I mean, there's enough like it's a six and a half. There's oh, enough noise out heavy, there. Heavy juice on the
0: under. Yeah, is there's it, enough news and, and noise out there that a guy that's never played a down for Auburn is going to be the quarterback.
1: So, so is that, is that you.
0: No, that's the Oregon transfer. That's from Hoover or from out, Birmingham. Ashford. Yeah, still so like they got tank, but like who are the receivers?
2: All right, we'll give them the. They pull it out against Shevin with some lucky bounce in the fourth quarter, so they beat the Bears. Right, yeah. They beat two Shevin. and
1: they They're two and zero.
2: Penn State right. L.
0: Yep, two and one. Missouri win. We think right.
2: Who? Did they beat Penn State last year, or did they lose? They lost on the road.
0: Yeah, at, it was a night game, whiteout. Yeah, that was. one. They only play, lost but... by like seven or. Wasn't yeah, that was a game? A better than
2: this one. I'm giving them Missouri. <laughs> Who knows what happens with with the Kiffins this year? But um. Well, Elda Arkansas, Elda Mississippi State, Elda A and M. We'll get give them Western Kentucky, Elda, Alabama.
1: So how many wins did you have? You have one. He's two, got four. Three. Four? So you have them losing every game from Missouri to Western Kentucky.
2: I have them beating Missouri.
1: That's what I'm saying. From, oh, oh, oh. Like between those two teams, those two losses. You, so you have losing to LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Possible.
2: possible. But they'll be in the games, I think, against LSU and Ole Miss but I think the others are that, pretty much definite
0: all. See, I would have said they would be in the games against Arkansas and Mississippi State. Yeah. Like If you give me those four teams, who are they most likely to be? I would say Mississippi State, Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, in that order.
1: Their road schedule is pretty brutal. Yeah. It's always brutal. <laughs> like at the SEC West. At Georgia, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. Ugh. They
0: used to go – Uh, You know, they used to play Georgia and Bama, like, in near back-to-back weeks. Mm. Yeah.
1: All right. I think we do one more because there's three of us. One more. Who do you want? San Jose State. I mean, clearly. Do San Jose State? Yeah, let's do San Jose State, right? All right. We got to support our Mountain West. Okay. (laughs) All right. This is what we got with San Jose State. Portland State. We'll give do you know that.
2: what they? Do you know what they are? I know what their is. Oh, the what? I know what he Chris knew the Bears of Mercer. I know they what I know what Portland
1: State is. Aren't they like the? They're not the Cavaliers. They're the um, Knights. Uh, maybe I think I it's the Vikings. The Vikings. I, I think it's right. I think it is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So wh- do you have their Vegas win total up? Is that even?
2: No, I don't. Because uh, I let's do this together and then. Okay. Yeah. All right. So
1: win. Loss because we're going to say possible,
2: lo- possible we'll, loss.
1: We'll just call it a loss for now. <laughs> um Western Michigan—that's a win. That's at home. I, I yeah, I mean, that's a win. I, I if you're at winning. Wyoming, it's not in dis- in like November, so it's not going to. Yeah, be- they but don't have a team yet, so give me a win there.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take the win for now.
1: UNLV win win. Yep, at Fresno loss. L. Yeah. well wait, wait. So how many were yeah here? Four. Right yeah, okay. One, just making sure. Two, three, four wins. Okay. Four and two, and then at New Mexico State, win. Yep. Nevada. When? Win. Win. I'm not as confident on that one, but I'll go right. with it. Well, half the Nevada teams play. Yeah, dude, State. Nevada.
2: That's why uh, I should have done. I wonder what their win total is.
1: Well, hold on. Let's finish this one. Then we'll do, then we can <laughs> do it. We got to save it for next week. We got to save yeah. it for next yeah. week. All right. So win. Portland State's a win. I wish I could just draw on it. I could make it like a. They
2: only put up P five win totals, by the way. So,
1: Mm. all right, hold on.
0: Um, We got Portland State. We got Western Michigan. We got Wyoming, UNLV. Those are four wins. Lost to Fresno, then a win against New Mexico State, and a win against Nevada. That's six.
2: Colorado State is that's like game. That's a game of the year. That's gonna be such a fun game.
0: That might be a burning the short boots on the ground game. Yeah, that could what be. What date is that?
2: Yeah, but, yeah, November 3rd anniversary of first date with Margaret, so no dice. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> that's
0: that's another topic for another pod, I think. Yeah. What anniversaries do we celebrate? Uh, do we think they beat Colorado be, uh... State?
1: Mm.
2: Maybe, maybe I'll take her. Um, yeah, that's going to be a phenomenal game. Let's, I... say no.
1: Let's say no for the sake of this.
2: Yeah.
0: What about at San Diego State? Oh. Yeah. At hey.
1: Utah State. L. We're still at six then. Ooh, Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, that's a win. Home win. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. seven but it's wins. like
2: a strong seven.
1: seven. The
0: thing that worries me about San Jose State is that like I know what's coming in offensively, but like what are they doing on defense?
2: Yeah, but I can say that about every single school. I don't, dude, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I don't care about non skill players outside. Like, O line is about as into it as like get just to like make sure I'm not walking into a, a, a investing in a running back who has zero coming back from the O line. Uh, but like, dude, I don't care about defense. I don't think I ever will. I
0: don't care about it either. I'm just saying, in terms of win losses, right? I feel yeah, like we I mean, could get before, before snuck our up on before here.
2: Our, uh, our, our wonderful viewers go and, Put their mortgages on the, the, the garbage yeah. they were spewing. Maybe they should have an understanding of how little we know about the the actual team composition here. So we yeah.
0: got Georgia at eleven wins comfortably, comfortably, comfortable yeah. likely twelve. We got Auburn
1: at four comfortable wins, maybe five.
0: <laughs> it's maybe a six. six. And half.
1: Hammer the under. This is not betting advice. Yeah, it's six, if it's six
0: and a half, man, I don't know. It's hard not to go under there. Like, then, where are you see them getting seven?
1: Like, there's like, I don't yeah,
0: point me to the direction of them getting seven. And then we
1: have San Jose State at seven. 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 And I I imagine their over-under is probably about six and a half. Do you think this
0: San Jose State Five. coach would be down to coach Auburn?
2: <laughs> Brett Brennan. I don't know. That I do, you know what? He's cut from the same clock as Harson. I he uh, gave a press conference last year where you like he lashed out at some reporter telling the guy like, what do you think this is the NFL? Like you're not getting injury information here. Stop asking. So he, a natural glove fit for the, the success, succession plan for Harson.
0: Yes. You heard it here first. We talked Jordan. Ad- I swear if Jordan Addison goes to Bama, it's just going to be. It's
2: on, dude. It's on.
0: What is? Do we want to wrap it up with where we actually think he lands? I feel Dude, like that feels like, a good like final F- topic.
2: Feldman's out here tweeting about Bama, Bama being in the picture. It's, it's he just fun. snuck
0: he, it in there by the way. Yeah. He just was like, yeah, he's, he's in the portal. We're looking at USC, Texas. Comma, I just, and- I imagine
1: him on his Twitter scrolling. He's like, you know what? These guys over here, this <laughs> random podcast, they, they threw that out there. Like, I'm just gonna throw it in there.
0: They got like 84 followers, and, and Saban,
1: you know, Saban follows uh,
2: Feldman, and he's like, "Ooh, maybe I should go uh, and get a meeting with uh with with Addison." And once you get Saban in the room, dude, it's fucking over.
1: We have Sorry. 104 five. I just
0: was gonna say, holy smokes, what happened?
2: Well, Felix caught this like 20. you
1: know what it was? It? Is
0: I talked to a lot of people in San Miguel, Mexico, and got them to follow <laughs> it, and I told them I would pay him pesos for it. So,
1: nice and and Andrew got us our hundredth follower. Oh, uh, I did. Gave <laughs> Margaret the honor. <laughs> I, I got on there, I got the notification. I'm like, he definitely just had her follow us just to, to get the <laughs> we hundred. needed a hundred. I, I so, was sitting on 99. I said, oh, yeah, he definitely did that. So,
0: who's the favorite? USC is the favorite. It's gotta be. I mean, with all the talk, you would think that, like, how does all of a sudden
1: anybody come into play? Well. It's kind of like in our in our chat that we have. I said, okay, they offered three million in a house. Saban surely can match that, right? Yeah. Like, I, if you could, it's it sucks. You can't bet on this now because that that would be a fun market,
2: right? But as soon as Bama ad got, ads got posted, out you would need to hammer that
1: because yeah, there's no way he's not closing the deal, dude. As soon <laughs> as it, like, that's awesome. I, I I think USC. I mean, I, I don't. If that doesn't happen, that has to be like the biggest gut punch to them in a while. We
0: we need our we for the sake of our Brooks bet. We need him to go to Bama, yeah. Because Jared had a good point about Addison in the slot, which I think is valuable. But I also think the more the more players that get pushed into that offense, mm-hmm. the more likely we win on some weird technicality, like <laughs> Earl gets hurt in the ha- like the sixth game and Brooks gets hurt in the seventh game with like one mm. extra point like I think the more that players I get flushed in there the more likely we
1: are to win
2: yeah Earl the Earl transfers doesn't even bother applying for the waiver it just says you know what I'm gonna get chill for a year or
1: or a settlement comes to the table for both parties <laughs> to say you know what let's just call it <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> all right I we actually went a lot longer than I thought we would um considering we talked about nothing Right, right, we did. Nothing actionable. That's why but, we have 104 followers. Exactly. Right. Um, and growing. But um, definitely follow us, if you haven't already, um, at, at BTR underscore pod and our YouTube channel, um, Burning the Red Shirt YouTube channel. I think we have 16 subscribers on YouTube currently. So, nice. um, you know, so if you aren't doing that, please don't do. Be, don't Feel be shy, people. Don't also, also, I, I never do this, but um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know, it would be cool. We can move up the charts and the um, sports rankings. Um, I would love to see Burning the Red Shirt in the top, like you know, top ten podcasts in Could you
0: imagine if this logo was in the top ten?
1: <laughs> I actually would like to get it redone. I just know it's super expensive. If yeah. anybody wants to redo our logo for free. <laughs> I would pay a little bit. but i will give would, you a shout out. Absolutely. We'll actually probably bring you on the podcast mm-hmm. and you know, let you defend your um, artwork. Um, and actually, we could mint an NFT of it if we, we wanted.
0: <laughs> then we'd have to put .eth at the end of all our names right. or .nft mm. or whatever.
1: And Andrew's <laughs> anti that, so... <laughs> oh, I think we'll end it there. Um yep. until next week. Hopefully next week we can do it again. Um and then see you guys later. Yes.